them. It says that you're to honor your father and your mother. And you might, maybe you're a kid here today and you might say, well, they're not my mom or they're not my dad. I live with my, I live with my grandparents or I live with my aunt or uncle. And it's interesting. When you read the book of Esther, Esther was raised by her uncle, Mordecai. And there came a time in Esther's life, even when she was grown up, that Uncle Mordecai asked her to do something above and beyond her call of duty. She was supposed to save her people, her whole nation, from a wicked king. And so Uncle Mordecai asked her to save her people. And Esther says in chapter 2, verse 20, that Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. So even if you're raised by your aunt or your uncle or your grandparents or a foster parent, you are to obey the ones that God has put in your life to bring you up. When I was in the fifth grade, I had to leave my mom and dad and I had to go and live with my aunt and my uncle and my grandparents for many months. My dad had cancer and I had to, I had to treat my aunt and uncle and my grandparents like they were my parents. My uncle's name was Uncle Rad rad dude and and he became uncle dad to me so i would also say for those of you that have single moms or single dads they deserve twice the medal of honors heaped upon them they deserve twice the honor and respect this morning when i woke up i was thinking about all that your parents have done for you and i wrote down some of those things can i read you this is all that i'm thinking about okay I'm probably missing something, so moms don't get mad at me. Just hold on. When your mom got pregnant with you, she went through something called morning sickness. Okay? Morning sickness was when your mom felt like she was going to throw up all the time. Every day for months and months. How many of you like feeling like you're going to throw up? Don't lie. We're in church. Okay? I hate throwing up. So imagine. Okay. All day, every day for months and months. Then comes the actual throwing up. Your mom's actually threw up like every day for months. I'm probably not totally medical accurate on all that. So just give me some grace. Then your moms packed you around as you got bigger and bigger and bigger. When I was, we were having our first kid, we took a Lamaze class, which is a class about how to have a baby. And the teacher had a backpack with a bowling ball in it. And the dads had to put it on and wear it on their front and walk her. I'm the only dad that did it in our class. Like, you know. But your moms walked around with the bowling ball on their tummy for nine months, over nine months. That's not comfortable. They tried to sleep with that every night. That's not fun. Your body starts to ache. You have to go to the doctor all the time and get shots all the time. You have to get dressed up in a way that's embarrassing, okay? We won't get into that one. 
you have to start taking vitamins. Okay? Then finally, when nine months of that fun party goes away, then she goes into labor where she has you. It's the most painful thing that mankind has ever experienced. And your mom went through that for you. Put a medal of honor around her neck, okay? Back in 2014, when Lindsay was pregnant with Titus, it was about August. It was like really hot around here. He wasn't due till October. And I remember we were up at the park on Yellow Pine and Lindsay was walking around, you know, eight months pregnant, seven months pregnant, just You know, something like that. And I remember sitting there thinking, I will never do this to this woman again. <laughs> she is in so much pain, she can't, she can't take it anymore. I, I would forgive me. So then we had another one like a couple years later, but then after that... <laughs> When your parents had you, kids, look at me. Look at me. They said goodbye to everything good and pleasant in life. <laughs> Privacy? I don't think so. If I could just go to the bathroom by myself. You get in there, you lock the door, you turn the fan on, it's paradise. And a hand slips under the door. They will find you. They know where you are. Say goodbye to modesty. Say goodbye to a perfect body. Say goodbye to a clean house. Say goodbye to sleep. It's done. It's over. Moms and dads. Got a little meme about it. Want to see it? Hmm, how do I put this? You will never sleep again. As far as saying goodbye to a clean house, here's a meme for that one. And then they said, don't make a mess. <laughs> Here's what happens to your parents as the years go by. You start out, Tom Hanks, first time parent. Woo, we got this thing figured out. It's really not that bad. One month later, you're Tom Hanks in, uh, I forget what movie that is. Yes. Oh, over there. Yeah, you're like, whoa. And then four years after having kids and two more kids later, and you're Tom Hanks on a desert island in Castaway. Okay. Your parents are getting gray hair because of you, boy. They're getting bags under, your eye, under their eyes and wrinkles on their skin. They nurse you. They cook three to six times a day for you. They clean up your poop and your pee. Listen to this. Three to six times a day per child every day for three to six years per child. 
we have to wake up at night, nurse, change diapers, get up just to put you to bed again, tend you while you're sick, clean your throw up, up off of your bed in the middle of the night, clean your other bodily fluids off of your bed, Try to figure out why you're up in the living room at all in the middle of the night, screaming. Learning from medical websites what night terrors are. If one of you sleeps through the night, it's a beautiful miracle from God. The problem is we have three other ones that also have to sleep through the night. Last night, we went to bed. Lindsay goes, oh. Oh, if just one of them would sleep through the night tonight. I go, honey, you got to believe. you got to have faith. Really? What are the odds that all four of our kids are going to sleep through the night? And here's the clincher. You get the two youngest babies to. It's a beautiful thing. And then the oldest one is up there in his underwear in the middle of the night for you don't know what reason. It's like, I need a drink of water. You know where the water is. Of course, I'm joking. It's a joy. We would rather do nothing else. And you're lucky you're cute. You're lucky you're cute. But when you hear about parenting, your mom, especially your mom, and if you have single parents, oh my goodness, I'm not a single parent, and I watch my kids a lot during the day. And if it's like two hours that I'm watching the kids, I'm at the door at the window looking out for the car. Where, where is she? She's got to be here soon. Better call, check. We have OnStar on our GMC vehicle, and I can find out where she is. She's not even moving this way. It says she's, it says she's parked. No parky parky. Drivey, drivey. Your single parents, they don't, they don't have a teammate to help. It's so much fun. Your parents love it. We love it. That's why we keep having more of you. And here at Calvary Chapel, and more of you. And more of you. And seriously, we should figure out how to stop because we're having more and more. I'm not, I'm not, that wasn't an announcement of pregnancy. It really wasn't. So I've done it before. So you're to honor your mom and dad. Look what they do for you. And that's just kind of baby stuff. Think of as they're taking care of you and bringing you through school, providing your food, your clothing, a warm place in the cold winters, a cool place in the warm summers. They love you. They care for you. They help you learn skills and, and teach you how to hunt and fish and play sports. And then they sit and watch you. And some of you, you pick the most boring, slow sports to ever watch. It's fun for you to play. It's horrible for them to watch. And they do it because they love you and they buy t-shirts and they have your name on it and they, you're the best. So honor them. It says that this is the first commandment with promise. We're reading Exodus in our family right now. And we just read about the Ten Commandments. And we've learned that the Ten Commandments are broken up into two categories, okay? The first four commandments deal with your, your relationship with God and the last six commandments deal with your relationship with your fellow man or your neighbor. But it's interesting, the Jews broke it down into, into being five and, and six, five and six. Because that, that, that middle commandment, the honor your father and mother, 
that commandment shows that you're worshiping God. If you're honoring your father and your mother, it's the same as honoring the Lord. It shows that you have been uh, filled with the Spirit and that God is working in your life and moving you towards such a wonderful thing of reverence for God. It says here that it's the first commandment with a promise. When you read the Ten Commandments, it's kind of like, da-da, 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 da-da. And when you get to the honor your father and mother, it says, honor your father and mother. And then it says, because here is what's going to happen in your life if you do. It's the first commandment with promise in it. And that promise is given to us in verse 3, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Honor your mother and father so that it may be well with you and you may live a long life. Think about this. Think about, let's say we're measuring something out here. In fact, I had somebody special in my life who knows a lot about Excel and QuickBooks make a chart. So if we could have the chart come up. Think about in a chart. I won't tell you who it is because she's like, don't tell them who made it. And I was like, I won't. (laughs) Okay. Kids, think about how old you are. Okay. You're, You're the orange line here. So you, you've got a good, you know, six years, 15 years. Then think about how old your mom and dad are. They're the blue line. They're pushing 25, 45. There's a big gap there. So with that, think about how much more experience they have than you do. They've experienced life. Honor them. Learn from them. Think about how much knowledge they have. Apparently knowledge goes down just a little bit in life. A lot for kids. What about wisdom and how to live out life? Oh man, kids, you got nothing. But parents, parents have been given wisdom, wisdom in the Lord and wisdom from experience. And think about how much money y'all have. You really got nothing, okay? God has given your parents resources to be able to take care of you. And as this verse tells us, as you honor your mother and father, it's going to be well with you. You will live a long life in the land because they and their wisdom and knowledge and with their resources will help you and provide for you in life. You'll live a long life in the earth because you've been honoring God as you've been honoring your parents. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that if you don't honor your mother and father, then your life will not be well with you. It's funny because I was writing my notes out for this sermon and I wrote, like when Lindsay says to the kids, if you throw a fit when we turn the TV off, it will not be well with you. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. And then like literally right after I hear from up the stairs, if you throw a fit when we turn this TV off, it will not be well with you. Okay. We don't watch much TV. I'm just using TV as an example. You know, you guys figure out for you. If you whip the horse, it won't be well. Okay, so. But it's good to teach our children. It will not be well for you if you continue with this type of disobedient, disrespectful behavior. Kids, look at what Deuteronomy has to say. Deuteronomy says in chapter 21, verse 18, 
If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they are chastened by him, will not heed them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him, bring him out to the elders of his city, to the gate of his city, and they shall say to the elders of his city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. That means he eats way too much. He is just a pig and he's drinking too much. By the way, it seems like this guy's a little bit older. And then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you and all Israel shall hear and fear. So kids, disobedience in the Old Testament, you didn't live long lives in the land. You were killed. And why were you killed? Because you were evil. You were not honoring God because you were not honoring your parents. And so you were to be put out. The evil was to be purged out. Later on in Deuteronomy, it says, cursed is the one who treats his father and his mother with contempt which is hatred and all the people shall say amen so listen to me guys as you're getting older and your mom and your dads are starting to seem dumber and dumber like they just don't know what's going on in life and you start treating them that way with disrespect with disobedience you will be cursed if you treat your father and your mother with hatred the old testament example was for you to be killed the New Testament, man, there needs to be wisdom and prayer with the chastisement that should go towards a disobedient child who hates his parents. In Exodus chapter 21, verse 15, he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. There was no grace for kids who hit their parents. That should not be something that should be happening in Christian homes. For, for kids to be smiting and hitting and injuring their parents. It's the same as a curse. In fact, just two verses later, Exodus 21, 17, he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. You know the word curse? It means to belittle or to make your parents seem insignificant. If you start getting that attitude towards your mom and dad that you're just kind of dumb and just kind of make fun of, and guys, I've been there. I've been there. And as you even get older and independent and move out, and you know, mom, you know, the technology gets more and more and seems like things are just like, and you're just like, hee, hee, mom, making jokes. They're hurtful. Hurts your mom's feelings. Cursing her is what you're doing. In the Old Testament, you were to be put to death. It says in Leviticus that your blood shall be upon you. In Proverbs, it says that your lamp will be put out in deep darkness. And we're wrapping up here, kids. But look at here's one passage that I want you to remember. <clears throat> I heard this one comedian say one time that he was walking down the street and there was this, uh, this little kid on the street eating a vanilla ice cream cone. And he was just like, <laughs> and he goes up to the kid and, and he says, he shoves the ice cream cone up in the kid's face and he says, remember me forever. 
And he says, and you know what? That kid will remember me forever. He will. I don't think he really did it. It was a joke, you know, but, but remember this forever, okay? Pretend an ice cream cone just went into your face, okay? Remember this forever. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 18, listen to this. There is a list of verses that you will read that talk about some of the most dark, dirty, disgusting sins that the Bible talks about. Ew, gross. Ew, I would never do that, okay? Before it lists those sins, it says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So we're going to read about some sins that are just deep and dark and dirty. And it says that the wrath of God is against those sins. See the word ungodliness. So these are sins that people who are not godly do. They are unrighteous and they suppress truth in their heart. These are sins that as you go down to verse 21, these people who do these sins are not glorifying God. Let's look at it. They did not, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So here we have a group of people who are ungodly, unrighteous, suppress truth. They don't want to know truth. They are people who don't worship God, but worship idols. And the list begins with deep and dark and gross sins. And as you go down to verse 30, at the end of verse 30, there is this sin, and it says it's disobedient to parents. Do you see it there? Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Now, you don't think disobedience is that big of a deal sometimes, huh? Oh, I just didn't do what mom asked me to do. I just didn't do what God told me, what uh, my dad told me to do. God, dad, same thing, right? No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> but the Bible says that disobedience to parents is on the same level of someone who hates God, someone who's violent, someone who's a murderer, someone who's immoral, is someone who's disobedient to parents. And then as you look down at verse 32, it says that those who practice, see it's right in the middle there, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Those who practice disobedience to parents are deserving of death. Look at what Timothy says in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Isn't it amazing that in a list of the end times before Jesus comes back, and the same category is someone who's unloving and unforgiving is someone who's disobedient to their parents. When you look at the Bible and you look at the good men of God in the Bible, from a young age, they were quick to obey. When you read about Joseph, Joseph's dad said to Jacob, I will send you to your brothers. And J Joseph got up and said, here I am, dad. When do you want me to go? It's quick obedience. David obeyed the command of his father, Jesse. The good men of God were men who obeyed. And I want to close it with the gospel and we'll have the worship team come up. The best man of the Bible. Perfect Sunday school question. I'm setting you up for it. Who was the best man in the Bible? Jesus, right? Okay. Come on, guys. What are our Sunday school teachers teaching those kids back there? That's like Sunday school question 101. Jesus, our example, the best man, the God man, the best superhero champion who lived life right. It says in Luke 2.51 that Jesus, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. So Jesus, the son of God, born of a virgin, his father was God. He still obeyed his mother and father. He was subject to them. I want to close with one last proverb. Proverbs 30, verse 11 and verse 15. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. You think we live in that generation? A generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. It goes on to say in verse 17, the eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. That's a little something to take home with you there today. You're going to mock your dad, scorn obedience to your mother. It's the same that's, you know, what's going to happen to you. The effects in your life will be as if birds come out of the air and pick your eyes out of your head. It's the Bible. It's not me. I'm not trying to be gross. You read it. And God has so much more for you, kids. God has so much more for you and your families. Kids, we live in a time that is so dark. Our schools are so dark. The kids that are in class with you, they have no hope. Many of the kids in your class don't have parents that love them and care for them and are teaching them about, about life that's in Jesus. And you know, in this room, we have teachers in this room, teachers of schools. We have principals and, and people who, they endeavor to take care of the kids in our community. And every day they deal with kids that don't have good moms and dads. Moms and dads who've left them. Moms and dads who are harsh towards them. 
And I bet if a teacher could just speak to you today as they hear that your parents want to love you like Jesus loves you and they want to train you and teach you up how the Bible says you're to be loved and trained and brought up, that those teachers would say, listen to your moms and dads. Cherish your moms and dads. Treasure your moms and dads. Open up your ears and look and listen and respond to your moms and dads. They're not perfect. They mess up. They're here at church learning these last few weeks about how can I be a good parent to my kids. But it was told to me when I was young, and I'm telling it to you, that you will never have another person who loves you as much as your mom and dad. You will never have another person in your life who sacrifices much for you as your mom and your dad in this life, in this season. They're a gift to you. So honor them, respect them, obey them. It's hard sometimes. Maybe it's hard now for you. When you get older, it's going to be hard. We didn't have time to get into what Jesus says and what, the, what Paul says about even when your parents are old, you need to take care of them. Up until they die, you need to take care of and honor your parents. It's a life. It's the rest of our life is honoring our mother and father. The rest of our life is revering our mother and father. These people who've loved us so sacrificially, with so much care. It's hard, but Jesus led the way for us. <clears throat> we started out this series with understanding that you can't be a good dad, you can't be a good mom, you can't be a good kid, you can't be a good husband, you can't be a good wife, you can't be a good employee, you can't be a good employer unless you're filled with the Spirit. Hopefully you remember that. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. Children, obey your parents. And you know what comes right after children obey your parents in Ephesians? Now put on your armor, kids. Because the devil doesn't like it when you're obeying your parents and you're honoring God that way. So there will be spiritual warfare in your life. He's coming after you. Because if you're going to obey your parents and you're going to honor the Lord by honoring your mother and father, you're going to be very useful in this world. So put on your armor. Because there will be attack. Be filled with the Spirit. Obey your parents. Put on your armor. Look to Jesus. Can we have all you kids stand up? All the kids stand up. And parents, why don't you just reach out and set your hands on your kids? We're going to pray over you kids. This is a very special, special Sunday for us to get to have you in here with us. And special for me, I get to be with you guys on Tuesdays. That's a lot of fun, many of you. And we're going to pray for you guys because your parents know what it's like. Your parents get it. We were all kids once. We all had parents that messed up. We all had parents that got real dorky. Parents that couldn't dress very well. Parents that didn't know how to text. All that stuff. We know. And so we're going to pray for you. For grace with you. For power over you. For this long life that is good life that we read. Lord Jesus, here today we just come in the name of Jesus. 
crying out for the power of the Holy Spirit over our kids, over our little ones. We've got, we've got first through fifth graders here. We've got younger, younger ones in here today. Lord, we've got uh, middle schoolers in here today. We've got high schoolers in here today. And we need to hear this message. They need to hear this message. From your word, taken from nature, taken from the, the Ten Commandments, taken from um, the good news that it will be well with us, that you have a promise and a hope for us that obey. And so, Lord, we pray over our kids. We realize they live in a day and age of unparalleled distraction, unparalleled temptation. And we know that the enemy is after them to draw them away from you. And so, Lord, we just pray that they would follow the example of you, Jesus. That they would be filled with the Spirit. That they would obey their moms, their dads, their grandmas. That they would find that that is the right thing to do. That they would honor their mother and father in the Lord. And Lord, that as they do, it would be well with them. They would just have abundant life, God. It comes from following your commandments, which are true and just and pure. Help them to obey. And Lord, we pray for grace. We just pray for more and more grace, that we'd be gracious with our kids. We wouldn't be slave drivers. We wouldn't be dictators. We would be sympathetic. We would remember what we were like when we were little. We pray that we would be parents, that it would be easy to obey, it would be easy to follow. We pray that you would be worshipped and honored. And we pray that the whole world would come to know Jesus. Even from Prineville, from these kids that are growing up, learning how to be godly little men and little women for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand all together and we'll close with this song.